0: Welcome to the Writer Magazine Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Drevenstead, editor in chief at Writer Magazine. Our guest on episode 57 is Tim Card, who has been selected as Visionary of the Year by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. In 2017, at the age of 40 and in the prime of his life, Tim was diagnosed with a rare, aggressive form of non Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is cancer of the lymphatic system. Tim's a family man with five children, and he was the owner of a CrossFit gym in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Tim's cancer proved to be unresponsive to chemotherapy. He underwent an experimental treatment that was effective. And a year after his diagnosis, Tim was in remission and he's been cancer free ever since. With a new lease on life, Tim worked hard to rebuild his strength and return to normal life. And about a year ago, he learned to ride a motorcycle. In late March, he'll take his first ever motorcycle ride across the United States. He'll be riding a BMW R18 customized by Go Fast Don't Die and he's raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. The Society's mission is to cure leukemia, lymphoma, Hodgkin's disease, and myeloma, and improve the quality of life of patients and their families. Tim is a humble guy with an interesting story. All too often, we take our health for granted, and a major illness can rob us of our personal and financial security, but Tim didn't give up. I encourage listeners to check out the links in the show notes and make a donation to support Tim's efforts and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Tim's fundraising campaign runs through June 3rd, 2023, so even if you listen to this episode after that date, the LLS still needs your support. Thanks for listening, and keep the rubber side down.
1: Hey there, Tim. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate you having me on.
0: Absolutely. I know you've got a podcast of your own. What's What's your podcast called?
1: It's called The Dying Laughing Podcast, and me and a friend of mine, his name is Oh yeah, we met uh, in the and the seventh floor of the Hershey cancer and spa center and got along real well, very, uh, an unusual odd couple kind of friendship for sure. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he's great. He's so got, uh, yeah. Where, where are you based? So I'm in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania.
0: Okay. Ah, Yeah. I, know. I lived in Philadelphia for a number of years. So I used to ride motorcycles out there. Amish country is beautiful.
1: Yeah, man. It's, it smells bad, but it is pretty. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny what, one of the, one of my riding experiences I will never forget is uh, when I lived in Philadelphia. It was like a November weekend, and it was it was unusually warm and sunny that day. I was like, oh man, I'm feeling a little bit cooped up. I was in grad school back then, and I was like, I got to go for a ride. And I rode out to Lancaster County, and um, and it started to get cold towards the afternoon, and I needed to get an extra layer. And I pulled into a Walmart. Uh, out there and um, went to go get a, a, a set of long johns to put on under my what I was wearing. And uh, when I came back out, there was an Amish buggy in the parking lot. I was like, yeah, they got they
1: right? got hitching posts in all the parking lots. Like, it's...
0: <laughs> I wish I had taken a photo back then or something like that. It was back before cell phones and all that. And I probably didn't even have a camera with me. But that was just <laughs> the, that was just one of those moments. I mean, you know, they they keep their farms really uh, well manicured and maintained and uh the roads out there are beautiful but like you said you know sometimes you come around a bend and there's a slow moving buggy and there's you know horse droppings and stuff you gotta be, be you gotta stay frosty
1: yeah it's uh you gotta you gotta have your head in a swill for that kind of stuff and and the smell like really like they do the fields with it's it's all very organic but it's chicken manure yeah and uh it's it's bad like you can taste it <laughs> like it's it's so bad
0: yeah so and a lot it, of
1: times there's nothing you can do about it like you see it coming like well that's in the road. Like that, that's just that cloud is blowing across the road and I'm going to go through it. Yeah. And I have no choice. Well,
0: especially with like, especially with like bird, bird droppings and manure, that's got that really like acid ammonia sort of smell. It's very ammonia pungent. Yeah. 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 So, Hey, you've got this big motorcycle trip coming up. Uh, it's a fundraiser for the leukemia and lymphoma society. So give us a little bit of backstory. How did you get to the point where you're going to be doing this ride?
1: Sure. So, um, you know, I had cancer and then I got better. Uh, that's the, the 10,000 (laughs) foot view of it. Um, in 2017, I, um, well, I I mean, I'm married. I have, I have seven kids. My wife and I have seven kids, all one at a time, like none, no twins, no two, six-year-olds that aren't twins, like all that. Like it's all just, you know, one-offs. And, um, I owned a CrossFit gym at the time, uh, CrossFit Lancaster is my gym. And, and, uh, you know, I was in what I would consider probably pretty good shape. You know, I was, I was loosely sporty, you know, I I was in pretty good shape. And, uh, and I was coaching the classes and, and I had this, this pain in my side. It just, it just wouldn't go away. Like it wouldn't quit. And I couldn't figure out why. And I thought I was hiding it well. And I, I wasn't, you know, I, I was usually when I'm, when you're coaching, like you're up there yelling and screaming and do it again, do it faster, do it better. And, and this time I was all like pasty and sweaty and, you know sitting on a pile of weights. And, and uh, this one girl, Kelly, who worked for me, she was the nutritionist. She comes over. It's like, Tim, you need to go to the hospital. Like something's wrong. You need to leave. Right. And, um, yeah, Kelly didn't really mince words a whole lot. Like a couple of months prior, I told her like, "Kelly, I was, I need to lose some weight. I'm feeling very old and fat." And she says, "Tim, you're not old." <laughs> Just kind of not that old. <laughs> <laughs> left it hanging there for me. Um so like, yeah, she doesn't mince words. She tells me I need to go to the hospital. I need to go to the hospital. So I went to urgent care. They told me I had pulled a muscle. And here's some flexoral. Take some of that and some Advil and you know, you'll be fine by morning. And by midnight it hurt so bad I went to the ER and uh yeah, you know, they took some CAT scans and, and gave me some wonderful pain medicine and didn't tell me anything. You know, they told me a lot of stuff I didn't have, you know, I didn't have an impacted bowel. My spleen wasn't exploding. I wasn't ruptured appendix, like all the stuff I didn't have. I was very happy about, but, but I even asked the guy point blank, like, yeah, but like, what is it like? Do I have cancer? Like what's going on? because they you're running out of options. And he says, well, you know, our job here at the ER is to, is to fix the acute problem and get you to your primary care physician. It's like, cool. I get that. And I I appreciate it, but you know, what is going on? So go to your doctor. Okay. So I went the next day and, you know, they're testing for lupus and all this other stuff that I knew it wasn't, but you got to jump through the hoops. Right. And then on Saturday morning, that was Friday, Saturday morning, I was able to log into the hospital's online patient portal. And I read the CAT scan report that the doctor I was talking to wrote and right in there, it says, you know, as primary concern is lymphoma and secondary concern is testicular cancer. I thought, Oh God, I hope I don't have the Testicular kind, <laughs> like, <that was laughs> right? My, right, sure. My first thought, and then I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute, though, I do probably have this one. And then, and then you know, things started to accelerate pretty rapidly from there. And uh, back to my doctor on Monday and unloaded on him for no good reason. Yeah, you know, he, he wasn't he didn't know any better than I did, but I just needed to yell at the, the nearest medical professional I could find. Uh, and I did, and then I apologized, I knew it wasn't his fault, right? You know, there was the oncologist, and biopsies, and bone marrow biopsies, and and tests and blood work and all this stuff. And this was all the very beginning of October uh, on Halloween. I had my, my metal, my, my Metaport put in, it's like a, a little half of a BOSU ball that sits right on your chest. Okay. And they, they insert the chemo into that. My kids called it my triple nipple. And one, <laughs> two, three. You're and, like
0: uh, Sarah Manga from the James Bond movies. You <laughs> have the golden gun.
1: <laughs> it doesn't like a villain's name. Um, and November 1st, I got my first round of chemo and um you know, was, it was the same chemo I would have gotten no matter where I went. What I was diagnosed with was uh diffuse large B-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is, which is a particularly aggressive, but also usually treatable kind of cancer. Okay. Um, you know, it sucks to get, but usually the treatment is, is 85% effective, right? You get it, you go through six rounds, four months later, you're, you're bald, but better, you know, yeah. and, and that's the general gist of it. Uh, for me, that, that didn't happen. You know, about halfway through, I told the docs, like, I don't, I don't think this is working. Like something feels wrong. And you know he kept telling me to trust the chemotherapy, which drove me insane because that's not how you say that word. Like it's, it's chemotherapy. It's not chemotherapy. Like, just <laughs> say it right. and It makes me feel better. It's um, so a trust the medicine, let it work. So, okay. You know, we'll see. And then after the last, the last round I got on Valentine's day, which is super romantic. And um, you know, in March, I got another scan and and you know, the doctor's office called me the next day and said, Hey, can you come see the doctor now? So, well, you know, it's, it's one When do you want me to be there? So can you be there at, at, at two? So, oh, okay. Let, let's do that. And I knew it wasn't good news, right? Like the doctor never rushes you in to give you a, to give you good news. And uh, the general idea was that, yeah, your, your cancer didn't go away. You know, there's three R's with cancer. One is remission. That's the good one. You know, that's um, you know, you used to have cancer. We gave you strong medicine and now you don't have cancer. Good. Yeah. The second is relapse. Like you used to have cancer, then you didn't, but now it's back. And then the third one is refractory, and that's where you had cancer. We gave you strong medicine, and, and you still have cancer.
0: Okay. And,
1: and that's when when the odds kind of flip flop, and you go from eighty five percent success to fifteen, okay. and and your options are really narrowed at that point. And they couldn't do, do it where I where I was in Lancaster that the to Hershey, and uh, I got to Hershey. And the next next and last rung on the ladder at the time was a bone marrow transplant. You know that was the, the next step, and uh, my my oncologist. He has a very dry sense of humor like me. We got along really well. And uh, he goes through a bone marrow transplant, tells me all this stuff and says, do you understand? I said, yeah. So, okay, now I've got this other idea. How would you like to be the first one here to get this stuff called CAR-T? <laughs> and like, all right, well, you know, I, what is it? And tell me about it. And so explain the whole process. And it's it's like a science fiction movie. Like they extract millions and millions of my T cells, which are part of your immune system, ship them off to California. And and multiply them and genetically modify them to make one dose of medicine that I get to fight my cancer. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what they do. And um, so the doctor says, What do you think about that? And I said, Well, i I know that the first time that I've done something has almost never been the best time that I've done something.
0: <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> so I'm a little nervous about that. But right. the um you know, the idea of 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 being on the cutting edge of it was exciting. Um, and the, the recovery time, the downside was better. You know, a big part of the decision was managing the back end. Like what happens if this, if whatever the next step is, doesn't work, what do I do? Right. You know, if I got the car T and, and for some reason it didn't work, I still have cancer. I could stay where I was and get a bone marrow transplant. Okay. You know, so I could stay with my doctors. I could stay 25 minutes from my house, you know, any, all that stuff was, was great. But if I got a bone marrow transplant and that didn't work, I'd have to go somewhere else. For the next step. And I didn't know where that would be. I see. Um, mm. so you know, logistics it was a lot easier. And then the the recovery time, you know, with the bone marrow transplant, they talk in, in terms of, of months and years before you before you're yourself again.
0: Well, and, and with a bone marrow transplant, I mean, it kind of just completely like takes your immune system out and does a full reset. Is that kind yeah, of yeah? That's exactly what it is. is, exactly what it is. is. They, so it makes they, you kind of vulnerable, though. But it's basically hoping to sort of like clear everything out and then you rebuild it back. Is that correct?
1: Right. It's 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 an organ transplant. It really okay, is. Like right. they suck out, you know, they, they kill as much of your bone marrow as you can, and then they put new stuff in. And I was I'd had to get it from somebody else. You know, my white blood cells, my immune system was clearly asleep at the wheel, right? So we right, wanted somebody right. else to get going with it. And that takes time, like both of these things is a long process. So that whole summer of, of 2018, we just played keep him alive as we figured out what we were doing. You know, so it was, it was more chemo, it was radiation. Um, you know, every month I went back to the, to the, the Hershey spawn cancer center you know, and, and got another dose and just, you know, they, they called it salvage chemo. Like they knew, they knew this was not going to, this wasn't going to work. This right. is just going to keep kicking the ball down the line. It's a punt okay. uh, until we figured it out. You know, there's, there's, you know, insurance, you had to jump through for both of them. Like, you, neither of these are cheap processes. right? You know, you're, you're talking a million dollars by the time it's all said and done for either one. So, mm-hmm. you know, the insurance company wanted to make sure it was a good bet. But I did go with the CAR T and, and, you know, I was better. It was hard. You know, it was, it was a, I spent 17 days in the hospital. Uh, so they took the cells out uh, in August and they take about a month to get back in. I came back in the beginning of September. I think it was the 9th I was in. They gave me one more round of chemo just to wipe out as much as they could right. and then put these cells back into me. And it used to, it, they said it takes half an hour, but I was a CrossFit guy. Right. So it took seven minutes. And, I got it <laughs> <quick>. <laughs> and uh, you know, the whole room was full of people because I was the first one there. Right. So the head of the oncology department, the president of the university like, all these people are just piled in the room. Uh, my wife is there. And then, and then it was over for the day. Like it was kind of anticlimactic. Like they pumped yeah. it in and it's okay, well, you know, have a good day. We'll see you later. But the side effects came the next day. And it really, it was 17 days where the first day was fine. And then I got, uh, they called it a, um, uh, a cytokine storm where, it, where you essentially have a horrible flu-like like response. Like these cells are now different enough that my body, even it's, in its ruined state, put up a, a valiant effort to do something about it. Right. Just had a fever of over 105, like it was hallucinating. And yeah, you know, that was pretty rough. And then they have this other thing called um, uh, neural toxicity. Where the stuff gets into your brain, it's not supposed to. Chemo doesn't get into your brain. Right. Uh, your body found out a long time ago that your brain and your balls are important, and there's a barrier, and a lot right. of that stuff doesn't get through there, but this stuff does. And uh, so I was in the ICU for six days. I had to learn how to walk again. You know, it was you know it was bad, but then I was better. You know, I got out in October, and by the end of November, I was declared cancer free.
0: So this is uh, timeline wise. You're, you were diagnosed in uh, the fall of 2017. So you're a little over a year from your yeah. initial diagnosis to being declared cancer-free. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and 10 years ago, this was a death sentence, right? Like refractory non hodgkin lymphoma. That's not, that's not good news.
0: And so, the, what exactly is lymphoma? What type of cancer is that? Of the blood, or is that leukemia? I sometimes get those It's
1: a here. it's a blood cancer, but it's the, it's a cancer in your lymphatic system. So your lymph okay, nodes right. are like the Brita for your blood, right? It okay, filters yeah. everything. Yeah, there's six or seven hundred of them in your body, all over the place. Yeah. So this stuff has a tendency to spread. Um, okay. you know, mine was was stage three, which meant it was above and below my diaphragm. Okay. but it hadn't worked into any other systems yet. It wasn't in my bone marrow or anything like that. Okay. I see. But, yeah. you know, my PET scan lit up like a Christmas tree. It was up here. Right. It was down below. It was everywhere.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So uh, I'm sure that's probably one of the most challenging years of your life, having to go mm-hmm. through not only the, just the, you know, the having to deal with the diagnosis. How old were you when, when this
1: 40 just turned 40,
0: you just turned 40. So your prime of your life, you're a CrossFit gym owner, you're in shape. Uh, yeah. And then you get, uh, you know, a, a sort of diagnosis nobody wants to get. Uh, sure. That's very challenging for you, your family, everything. But a year later, you've gotten through it and you're in remission. Uh, so how yeah. have things gone for you since then?
1: So it took a, it took a while for me to get back to normal. Like, you know, cancer-free is one thing and, and healthy is something entirely different. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. You know,
1: but like I decided in, you know, I got out of the hospital in September or in, you know, in September and, by the middle of October, I decided I didn't want to be sick anymore. Like I'm done with this. I'm right. going to get better. You know, I'm not just going to get well. I'm going to be healthy. So I got on my bicycle. I've been riding a road bike for for 20 years. You know, I got myself into shape once before. Um, so I got on my road bike and I had you know, a setup in the garage and um, I wasn't on the road. Like I couldn't balance. Yeah. But, um, you know, I got on my trainer and I rode for five miles and it took me almost an hour. And I thought, man, the medicine might not have killed me with this. This might. <laughs> <laughs> And Good then you the didn't next, have an
0: assault bike in your garage.
1: <laughs> seriously, right? Like, no, thank you. So um, I didn't like them in the best of times. I definitely yeah, was going exactly. go. <laughs> then they're the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then I, I took the next day out, but the next the day after that I rode six miles and then I rode seven. And then I, you know, how far can I go in an hour? And then I kept going, I kept going, and kept going. And then this was November by May, by Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I went back to my gym and I did I did Murph, which is a crossfit workout. Everyone, everyone does it. Yeah. You know, you run a mile. You do 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and run another mile. And I did that. Yeah, I didn't wow. light the world on fire. I didn't beat any of my old times, but I did it. Right. And then I also did this bicycle ride called the Fool's Classic, which was 75 miles, um, you know, 7,000 feet of elevation gain, 25 miles of gravel roads. You know, it was a challenging ride, wow. and uh, yeah. I did that. I was able to do that in nine months.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. Uh... Let's. You've got this ride coming. So how? Yeah. You basically kind of. You. You slowly got yourself back into shape, but over. I mean, you've had. If you had no relapses, you've basically remained cancer free since that that late fall of 2018. So we're. Yeah, cancer free.
1: I'm almost five years out. I every six months I go now and get. I. I said I signed a new six month lease on life. Yeah. (laughs) So I I just got one signed in February. So I'll go back again in August and see how we're doing.
0: Right. So yeah. uh, so how does the Yeah. Like, so how does this motorcycle ride fit into uh, your things?
1: So, yeah, I'm riding a bike from Los Angeles back home to Lancaster County. And the, the way that happened is, is with the LLS, I was in 2019, they asked me to participate in some fundraising stuff. I was their honored hero for Lancaster. And I raised a couple thousand dollars and, and stayed involved with them throughout. And then I kind of I, I was also involved with another company that I'm not with anymore, um, but they were flying me out to California to uh, To do some training stuff and to to see the people at at the pharmaceutical company that made my dose, like I spoke to them a year ago too. That was really cool. Like I wow. I got to talk to a room full of people that that saved my life, which was a wild experience. But um, this company was going to fly us out to LA and do some training and all that stuff. And and I was thinking, you know, I bet if I ride my own motorcycle back, they'd pay me for the miles, <laughs> you know, so I could. <laughs> so I bet I can ride my bike across the country and make money on it. So um, yeah, I talked to them and they said they'd probably do something like that. I, I soft sold the idea to my wife, and yeah, it wasn't an immediate no. Right. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't an enthusiastic or overwhelming yes, but it wasn't no right away. But that idea was kind of kicking around in our head. And then uh, LLS called and said, "Hey, you know, you were nominated for this this Visionary of the Year, which is a much bigger fundraising opportunity. It's it's yeah, you know, it's it's a national uh, event." And uh, kicks off on March 23rd and goes until the 3rd of June. Last year in Central Pennsylvania, they raised almost half a million dollars. Wow. You know, and that's happening all over the country. You know, so it's a huge event. The LLS does so much good work with, with research and funding grants and and taking care of patients and you know scholarships and and bills and transportation, all that stuff. Like on both sides of the equation you know, of finding things to make you better and then also finding things to help help you get better at the same time. So I asked her when you know when is this? Did March. 23rd and, and all kinds of alarm bells that are go off my head. Like I'm going to be in California. I have <laughs> an idea, So this is how I'm going to raise money. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to ride a motorcycle across the country and, and stop along the way at, at interesting places and, and try to get, you know, 500 people to give me a hundred bucks uh, as I get across the country. And, um, and the route started coming together from there. Um, Trisha, my wife was, was much more on board now that this was something more than just, you know, daddy gets to do something cool for a week while she's at home right. with all the kids.
0: Right. Right. Um,
1: which is a hard sell. I get that. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so what, uh, so what motorcycle were you planning to ride? I know you're riding a different motorcycle than your yeah. original plan. So was it, was it the bike in your garage you were going to ride?
1: It, that was the original plan was my, my old Yamaha Virago 1100, uh, with, okay. with 25,000 miles on it and uh the guy i bought it used and the guy that had it before me uh used it a lot and I, and I don't think he did a great job with a lot of the maintenance i've had to do a lot of stuff over that he did so i'm a little yeah. nervous about taking that bike right uh, um and i reached out to a bunch of different manufacturers uh with 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 no success okay yeah you know, at all yeah. um you know a couple of people kicked me around i had one uh, one conversation with one company that didn't that started off good but then it didn't it kind of fizzled and so i um but i I reached out to a bunch of different companies just for for helping out and getting getting the word out, doing stuff like this, being on podcasts and, and right. YouTube channels, and and one of them was was Go Fast, Don't Die, and yeah, uh, you know, this great motorcycle brand, not not motorcycle brand, but a kind of a lifestyle brand, and sure. you know, very much on on brand with me, uh, with with the idea of of seizing today and and you know this is what we've got and make the most of it and like you know go make new old friends and you know like that kind of stuff like right. very much in line with with where I find myself. And, um, we were talking, they said, yeah, we would love to be involved. You know, what bike are you riding? I told him, I said, well, would, would you be interested in borrowing ours? (laughs) Absolutely. I would be interested. What do you have? Like I almost didn't care what it was. Like, what do you got? Right. right. If you heard of the BMW R18, I said, yeah, I've, I've heard of that bike. (laughs) That would be amazing. So they have this beautiful, you know, go fast, don't die, uh, customized, uh, R18 that I'm going to be picking up in LA on the 22nd and riding back across the country. It is beautiful.
0: Wow, so uh, we're recording this on the 15th, and so uh, you're basically looking at about a week out. Uh, yeah. You'll be uh, out in California and picking up this bike. And yep. then how long are you going to take for your ride uh, back to Pennsylvania?
1: I'm hoping to be home on the 1st of April. Okay. So 22nd, I arrive in LA, 23rd. I'm hoping to do some cruising around LA, go up and down the uh, Pacific Coast Highway a little bit, like yeah. that kind of stuff, like see the sights. Yeah. um, And then from there, the first day I go to Phoenix. Okay uh my son Colby lives out there he's got a bike too so we're going to ride out into the mountains and do some hiking up there in phoenix on the 25th nice. uh the 26th i'm heading all the way out from there to roswell which is going to be one of my longer days it's a little over 500 miles okay um so it's going to it's going to be a it's going to be a slog yeah uh, but i think i can do it i think i can get there um so visit the aliens in roswell <laughs> from there <laughs> hopefully i'll see one yeah uh, maybe they'll give me some money who knows <laughs> from there i'll go to uh, Dallas, uh, visit some friends in Dallas. Um, that's another long day. It's not quite as long, but it's pretty close. Uh, but then I got a couple of short days from there. I go to Austin, uh, in the morning and I'm meeting up with a couple of YouTubers and we're going to do some, some video recording out there uh, in Austin. And then on to Dallas that night, Mm -hmm. uh, spending some time with the guy I met when I was sick, actually, he gave me this t-shirt and I was sick. Another CrossFit guy that had lymphoma. So we're going to get together and have some time there. Uh, then on to Covington, Louisiana, which is just North of, Uh, north of the lake from new orleans Uh, i've got a a bunch of college friends from there that i'm going to meet and then from there to atlanta uh, which is kind of a long day too sure Uh, i've got some family and friends in atlanta so i'm going to stay there uh atlanta to Charlottesville, virginia okay and then skyline drive up to front royal and then probably just get on 81 and come home
0: oh yeah oh that'll be a beautiful skyline drive yeah absolutely yeah it'll be nice my
1: son's coming down there and another friend of mine's gonna meet me down in virginia so we'll do that together
0: Nice. Well, I understand that uh, you know you've got to take a bit of a southern route since it's March. As the Rockies could be, uh, it's cold, cold. It's not really <laughs> cold, but yeah, some of the some of the roads would have snow on them. And weirdly, I'm, it's a rainy day here in California. I mean, people probably heard of the news. We've just had this unusually wet and snowy, depending on where you are, um, you know, uh, season. You may even may even be a little bit wet for you next week. Who knows? But Um, you know, wintertime is our our rainy season, but it tends to be pretty erratic, especially because we've been in a drought in a long time and we've just been getting pretty hammered. So yeah, that's always a challenge with any, any long distance ride, multi-day ride is you're going to deal with the weather. It's going to be cold. It's maybe going to be hot in some places you're going to be down in, in, um, you know, Southern States and Texas. Uh, Imagine you'll have some wind, all kinds of stuff. So (laughs) so what are you doing to sort of prepare yourself and, and to get ready to carry what you need to get? Are you any support? Or are you just going to be totally solo on this ride?
1: Uh, no support to speak of. Yeah. There's no follow car or anything like that. It's yeah. really just going to be me and anyone else I can pick up along the way that wants to go for a motorcycle ride. I'm packing light. You know, I got my, I got a couple of GoPros and a camera. I'm going to pack you know, a couple of pairs of jeans and a hoodie and some long johns and underwear and all that and, and try to keep it as light as possible. We've got bags in the bike, okay. um, but, but I'm really trying to go lean and mean on this whole thing. Sure and um you know not get bogged down a lot i could probably use some rain gear that's not a terrible idea yeah try and find some of that before I yeah
0: yeah yeah it's something like some frog togs or some sort of rain suit that i mean that's the one thing like there's whatever gear you're wearing like a a rain suit will not only keep you dry but it keeps the wind off you it it keeps you warmer if you need it so yeah yeah it'll be indispensable so absolutely and you can even get some boot covers like if you go to a i don't know a cycle gear store or someplace like Mm -hmm. that some glove covers and boot covers because those are just as important as the the top and bottom of the yeah, I've been
1: stuck in the rain a couple of times. It's not my favorite. It's, yeah. it's and my bike and, and the one I'm riding too, like neither of them have a really a fairing to speak of. Like it's you're just out there. Right. Yeah. This one's got a, a little fairing in the front and those those huge boxer twin cans are sitting out the side. But yeah, they're not gonna keep you dry.
0: <laughs> no, they're they're not. Yeah, but once you like, especially if you, you know, you're packing light, you're gonna have one pair of boots, you're gonna have one pair of gloves or maybe a second pair of gloves. But once a pair of boots or gloves get soaked, it's it's hard to it's tough. Get to them prepare. dried out, you know, and especially if it's cold. Cold and wet is the worst combo. I mean yeah, you can be wet and you can be cold, and neither one of those is necessarily that fun, but the two together is is, is pretty bad. Right.
1: Cold or wet is not bad, but cold yeah. and wet is miserable.
0: Yeah. Well well, hey, have you? So, what have you done? I mean, have you ridden cross country before? Is this what? I've never ridden noticed? cross
1: country before. This be the first long motorcycle, the longest I've ever done in one day is about two hundred and fifty miles. Wow. Okay. Um. And actually, like this whole motorcycle thing is kind of new for me too. Like I've only been riding about a year.
0: Oh really? Oh, yeah, okay. I'm so, curious how. Yeah, because I didn't know if this is something that's been a long time hobby activity. No, I've
1: like I've ridden my like I said I've ridden my my road bicycle all the time. It's, it's, right. So it's it's the same kind of game, right? It's I'm invisible and everybody's drunk yeah right, yep. so as long as I keep that in mind, I tend not to get hit by things, yeah this is significantly faster and significantly farther. I get it's not the same game. it's right that's j v and varsity, right. but um you know, similar but strikingly different. Right. but, um, my son Nick, my oldest son, got a little ninja two fifty when he turned eighteen, and we were all terrified and <laughs> and then uh, my birthday in twenty I think my birthday in twenty nineteen he, he taught me how to ride
0: oh, I that's said, hey, cool. i'm gonna
1: I'm gonna show you how to ride. let's go. And we cruise around the in circles in the parking lot at his college, you <laughs> know that nice. was. Nice. That was it, and then he was moving to Georgia, and the bike wasn't wasn't running great, and he didn't want to take it, and I was just gonna almost give it away. And my daughter Madeline, who's uh, nineteen now, but she was I guess she was eighteen at the time or seventeen, said, "Hey, I want to learn how to ride a motorcycle," and uh, and Nick said, "Well, look, if, if you can get this thing running, you can have it. Here you go." Nice. So yeah. I told her, like, "Look, if you're gonna learn how to ride, I'm gonna learn how to ride. This is." Going to to be a daddy daughter thing not a rebellious daughter thing like we're going to do right. this together right uh so we did and we got our licenses well i got my license she just got her permit yeah um, but now we have a problem right we have one motorcycle <laughs> and two people that ride which is not at one least that you one can ride
0: together people. very easily if it's a, no if it's a ninja, no yeah the ninja 250 is not not really one for no like, yeah
1: not at all so my next door neighbor had this old suzuki gs500 in her garage that i hadn't seen in a very long time and I called her and asked her about it, and she finally gets around to saying, "Tim, do you want the motorcycle?" I said, ah, yeah. Well, yeah, I do. I said, well, look, if you can get it running, you can have it. Nice. So, uh, so I, you know, I, I undug it out of the back of her, her garage and wheeled it into mine, and just elbows deep in carburetors, trying to figure out what's going on, and got it running, and got that thing going, and that was a lot of fun. And then, um, I, you know, I immediately wanted something faster. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, sure, sure.
1: So I found this Virago on Marketplace. It, it was a great deal, and. Yeah, it looked like a really good deal, and it was a fun bike, and you know it's kind of a classic old, you know, Japanese cruiser style yeah, bike, and yeah, you know, affordable. So I got that and did a lot of work on that, and yeah, I ride it all the time. You know, I ride it to show. I'm a real estate agent, I ride it to showings and I you know, ride it to my appointments. I'm the riding realtor, the motor realtor. I'm calling myself now, and <laughs> you know, so really leaning into the shtick, you know, yeah, really yeah, trying sure, to stand sure. out. But um, but yeah, so I've probably ridden it 10,000 miles this year
0: oh that's great yeah yeah that's good well especially I mean you live in a part of the country where you know you have a shorter riding season I mean you there's times of the year where I don't know how much snow you get there in Lancaster on a regular basis but it definitely gets cold enough to where it's not pleasant to ride and so a lot yeah. of people kind of mothball their bikes in the winter months so
1: yeah uh, this winter wasn't so bad I, yeah. I, I was able to get out at least once a week okay uh, and usually a lot more than that um, yeah as long as I dressed well for it
0: yeah well, yeah, the, anything
1: below like 40, it's just, it's no fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and again, given the time of year, uh, I know you're packing light, but you know uh, there's, there's, you can get some plug in heated gear uh, mm-hmm. and that can be a lifesaver. I just did a, a ride out to uh, Las Vegas for a motorcycle show and it got down close to freezing a couple times. And I had this, you know, again, it, it's there's battery operated heated gear, but the batteries only last so long and, and because right. heat is a big draw on a power source, they, they only get so hot, but the ones that can plug right into your battery that are 12 volt, uh, you can get a jacket liner. Gloves are pretty essential is you can get a controller and do the gloves and the jacket liner and right. and it can really make it tolerable to be in some really cold temperatures. Cause when I was on my way home there, i left pretty early. My dad lives in St. George, Utah. I was heading home and it was the first two hours of my ride were below freezing and it was in the twenties for a good chunk of that. And so I was still cold, but I was like tolerably cold. So that's another thing. Yeah. If, you know, um, one of these cycle gear stores or wherever you get some of your gear is, you know, a a heated jacket liner and a controller or a vest or something under there, maybe you won't need it in sort of the Southern stuff, uh, Southern route that you're going to go. But man, if you need it and don't have it, it, it'll, it'll, if you got (laughs) one, it'll come in handy. And like, once you do, once you do the battery leads and the pigtail, you know, it's like a, it's like a, at least the jacket liners and then the gloves. It's like a, a windbreaker. So you could have it under your ride. You would wear it under your riding jacket anyway. And so right. it could be something that could keep some of the wind off. But yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, the, I, I'm not actually from California. Uh, like I said, I lived in Philadelphia for a while and mostly from the southeast. But, you know, your ride out to Phoenix, you're going to be going across the desert. It's uh, mm-hmm. kind of wide open spaces. Uh, it's going to be, it should be really beautiful, you know, yeah. right out there. And then from Phoenix out to Roswell, it's going to be great.
1: It's amazing. Like I'm, that's, I'm, you know, fiddling with the route a bunch and just, there's too much beautiful stuff to see. Like I can't yeah. do it all. Like I just, right. there's just right. so much It just like, I want to get to the Gila forest and I want to get to there and I want to get to there. Like by the time I string it all together, I got a thousand miles between me and Roswell and I just can't do it. Like, right.
0: Right. Not on those yeah. roads. Well, I mean, it's like I said, I've, I've actually as much riding as I've done. Uh, I've never, I've only done one cross country trip and I was, I did it in the summertime. So I was actually able to go right through Colorado and, through the Rockies and so forth. But uh, yeah, and I did mine on a short burn. I was just, I was in a press launch in North Carolina and I had a BMW, actually it's a K1600B. Oh, they're and nice. they're like, Hey, you can take this thing with, take it home. And I, so I, I think <laughs> in four days I, I wrote home. So I was burning it and which is you know, I didn't really get to stop and see a lot of things, but I uh was still beautiful country. I would rode in states I'd never been in before. I rode all across Kansas. I'd never been to that state before. Yeah. Rode through the Ozarks. I'd never visited the Ozarks. And again, it was just like a one sort of scenic ride through there. I didn't get to explore much, but uh yeah, it'll just give you the taste for wanting to come back and, and hit some place like, oh, next time I'll do a different route. Next time. Yeah. I'll,
1: next year I'll go north. I'll go exactly, later and go north. Exactly.
0: So well, so this is you know your visionary of the year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Uh, you said that this is a fundraising program that starts on March twenty third. Obviously, yes. your ride's going to be shorter than that. How can people support your ride? Support the cause. Um, yeah, the, you know, by the, the time this, easiest way. Go ahead, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, by the time this episode comes out, you'll be on in you'll be on your ride. So
1: right. So the easiest way is to go to my the Facebook page I set up for it, which is I'm going to give it and make sure I have it right. The the uh, the actual fundraising link is a bit of a mouthful, okay. Um, and it doesn't really like, it doesn't roll off the tongue at all. It's like, it's 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 awful. So actually, I'm meeting with them today to try and figure out a way to do that better, uh, for a situation just like this. Like, right, how do right, I tell right. people to do this? Well, and we'll so, have a um,
0: link so people can okay. it get it that way. But you can go ahead and give us the URL if you've got it. So
1: uh, I don't have it. Oh uh, yeah, I do have it. Okay, here we go. It is the URL is pages, p a g e s dot lls dot org backslash voy backslash cpa backslash hbg two three backslash t c a r d nine
0: wow right okay. it
1: just it just you can make a jingle out <laughs> of
0: it yeah we'll definitely have a link to this page <laughs> and anything else on on the show notes uh, so anybody who's listening yeah
1: whatever, you can also whatever go to my change- Facebook page it's Dim Card twenty twenty three Visionary of the Year If you look that up, uh, you'll find me. Okay. Uh, That's probably the easiest way to do it.
0: Okay. So Tim, so your Facebook page is Tim
1: Card. 2023 uh, Visionary of the Year.
0: 2023 Visionary of the Year. Okay. Again, we'll have a link to that page as well, but anybody that's listening, whatever channel you're on, there'll be a link uh, that you can access uh, in the show notes. So, you know, this is for a great cause. Like you said, the, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, it sounds like it does a lot to support uh, people such as yourself uh, in terms of their care and needs, um, you know, and so fundraising is a big uh, part of that, you know, the, the yeah. of people, and, and we've talked about this on the show a number of times, uh, actually I actually interviewed uh, Kyle Petty, he does his charity ride across America.
1: Yeah, I just listen to support,
0: that. He just supports kids with, um, uh, with chronic conditions. Um, there's, you know, toys for tots every mm-hmm. year, there's all kinds of veterans causes. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Motorcyclists really like to come together and support each other. So uh, we definitely uh, want to support you and what you're doing. And I think it's great that you're going to be able to do this ride and, and do it on a, a cool motorcycle. It's I've ridden cool R- several <laughs> versions of the R18 and it's a great bike and, you know, it's good for the open road as big cruiser, huge engine, you know, 1800 mm-hmm. CC, you know, opposed twin. Uh, I've had yeah, cars with smaller awesome. engines in that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the cancer is a lot of things, right? But cheap isn't one of them.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, even even the best case scenario, cost a fortune. Yeah, you know, and, and and the LLS is there to, to, like they they funded the research that found my medicine that found this this CAR T stuff is is, yeah. is one of the things that they funded and researched. Um, yeah, you know, that's just amazing to be able to do that. But also just the patient care, like one of the things you notice when you're sick, is that you you find yourself very alone. You know, you're, yeah. you're on the inside of a kind of a storm of crap, and everyone else is on the outside of it. You know, no matter how close you are, you know, it's, it's, it's you either have it or you don't. And, um, you know, there's just so much that, that, that you have to do, that you have to pay for, like just, you know, all right. the co-pays, all the transportation, all the hotel stays and the lodging and like all that stuff, just besides the medicine, like the right. actual medicine itself is so right. ungodly expensive. Like I know, I, I know too many people who, whose lives were saved by can't by medicine, but ruined, you know, just, they're just destroyed. Right. Um. Afterwards, they, their, their credits are messed, and they can't get work, and like, you know, so that kind of stuff. that The LLC is is there to help out with as much as they can too. And and uh. Well, I,
0: I mean, that's I mean that's absolutely true. I mean, you know, because not everybody has the same insurance coverage or financial situation, and and it's unfortunate that you know people that just you know you draw the short straw. You I mean you like I said, you were a business owner, family man, uh, ran a CrossFit gym. You're in the prime of your life, and you know you just got unlucky with a diagnosis and uh, you yeah. were able to fight through it and get it into remission uh sounds like you've prevailed uh you know but there are many people that like you said it is very challenging not just the emotional burden of of of, of the care and treatment on a family but the financial burden is absolutely huge and that's yeah so unfortunate uh you know so to be able to support you know that for those that you know can support other people and and their causes uh, such as yours uh please do so if you're listening uh you know again Tim's the visionary of the year for 2023 for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. He's doing a fundraising ride, uh, you know, uh, make an effort to find the links, uh, you know, chip in whatever you can, because every little bit helps every dollar, every
1: dollar helps. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Well, hey, Tim, you know, you reached out to me and uh, you said you had a story to tell and I'm really glad that you did. Uh, I'm glad to be able to have a conversation with you. Uh, I want to know more about your ride. As I said, you know, Please. Try to take as many photos as you can along the way. I'd love to, you know, maybe put a story in the magazine about your experience. This is your first cross-country ride. You're doing it on a cool bike. You're doing it for a great cause. So um yeah if there's any way that uh we can follow you uh, basically will there be some updates on your uh facebook page are you going to be kind of doing yeah we're going to put updates on the the facebook
1: page and on instagram too uh i have an instagram page and then a youtube channel called a better place to be okay um you know my my whole thing after after this was to make the world a little bit better than it was and i found it okay um i'm a big harry chapin fan and uh, that's one of his famous songs is a better place to be it's kind of a it's a sad song but it's a nice message at the end of the day and um yeah, so, yeah, so that's the YouTube channel. We're gonna have that all up on there as well, too. So I'll send you the links to those too.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll include all that in the show notes. So again, Tim, thanks for your time. Good luck with traveling to California and uh, with your cross country trip.
1: Uh, we're pulling for you, man. Thank you so much. I really, I cannot thank you enough for letting me. on. I really ah, appreciate it. This was
0: a it, blast. It's great. It's good to chat with you. And for the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast, I'm Greg Trevenstead. Thanks for listening, and keep the rubber side down. If you've enjoyed listening to the Writer Magazine Insider Podcast, please subscribe, leave us a positive rating, and tell your friends. We also encourage you to visit writermagazine.com, where you can get the latest in motorcycle news and reviews, and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to print and digital editions of Writer Magazine, which is published 12 times a year. Thanks again for listening.